Hello, I'm Ned88. Welcome to my podcast where I catch the geocachers to learn more about this amazing game. Today, I'm sitting down with Kieran from Orange Crew to have a chat about challenge caches. Thanks for coming along, Kieran. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks, Ned. I always like to ask everyone to start off with, when did you start geocaching? And generally, how many geocaches have you found? Ooh, this is kind of cool because this is like the uh, superhero origin story, so I get to tell mine. Well, I started in 2014, and it started when a friend of mine from work, as we're driving over the Hornbrook Bridge, just blurted out one day, hey, there's a cache over there. And I said, a what? He said, geocache. And I said, what's that? And he told me about it. And I went home, looked it up, and uh, started from there. So that's how it all started for me. Just a random thing thrown out by a friend at an inopportune time. And it went from there. We've currently found just over 7,900, which is kind <laughs> yeah. of, yeah, kind of kind of got me hooked, you know what I mean? I, it started as just a little thing as fun to do with the kids. Something that maybe gets us out there, maybe gets us, you know, out and about into nature. And it just mm-hmm. blew out from there. They sort of lost interest, whereas I just got hooked pretty quickly. Not only have you found a lot of caches, <laughs> but you've also hidden quite a few. And some of these are classified as challenge caches. What is really the difference between the challenge cache and the mystery or puzzle cache? Yeah, that's a good question. The challenge caches, I think they started out in the early days before I started as just being an extra type that you could find. People started putting out challenge caches and because they didn't really have their own category, they just got lumped in with the mystery caches. And the reason for that is for a mystery cache, the criteria is that they have to have additional logging requirements. And that means that there's something extra you have to do before you can log a find. So that sounded kind of like what the challenge caches were about. So they just lumped them in together. They questioned at one time whether they might split them out and, and run a separate type. And I was kind of hoping that might happen because I, I thought there was enough impetus there for that to go ahead, but it just sort of fizzled away. So they're all just in there together. Now. But what makes a challenge cache is that, yes, it has to be a mystery cache and it has to have challenge in the name. So there's lots, lots of mystery caches and there's lots of caches with challenge in their name that aren't mystery caches, but they have to have both those criteria in order to be published as a challenge. And the general idea of a challenge is it's just a cache that has an extra goal that has to be achieved before you can log the cache. But that's the, uh, the basis of, of what makes a challenge cache and why it's under the mystery cache criteria. But if you go into the help center, which is actually pretty good, and just type in challenge, it'll come up with a heap of FAQs and guidelines and what can be included and what can't be. Just as a side note, yeah, all the challenges that I put out, I embed a little link in there in the notes in the description so that people can easily just jump on there, click on it, and it could take you straight there. That's a great idea. Mm. So you, you said that some of your challenges, mm. what, what are some of the different challenges that are out in Brisbane? Oh, well, there's quite a few. And I, I, I ran through the numbers just as a as just as a little project for myself just to just to get an idea of what's out there uh, we as orange crew have 35 challenges at the moment we had one extra one that had to be archived after the guidelines changed a little bit so there was uh, it was to find virtuals which are really hard to find but now with the new uh, virtual rewards there's thousands and thousands of new ones out there and it made it a little bit too easy so we archived it so we've got 35 active challenges and crew 153 runs a, a great list a bookmark list of all the challenges in Queensland he collates them all, puts them all together. And judging by that, I think there's around 107 active challenges in Queensland right now. So I haven't done the numbers in Brisbane specifically, but at least half 
half of that, most, you know, probably two thirds at least. I ran through some of the interesting ones. So a lot of the ones are the more basic type of ones where you've just got to find a set amount of a certain type. One of ours is find, uh, attend 10 CETOs or find 50 earth caches. They're pretty straightforward. Some of them also expand on that and go from just needing, you know, a certain amount of finds, but then you've also got to fill in a, a one line on a bingo grid. So if your DT is like, a, if you think of it like a bingo card, you have to have one line in a horizontal, vertical or diagonal fashion. Okay. Uh, and that adds just a little bit more complexity. Some of the other ones also needs a certain amount of found dates. Mm-hmm. So one of our multi ones is, is that you have to have multis found on 100 out of the 366 found dates in a calendar. So that means, you know, it gets people out there more and, you know, you might kind of like multis. Most people kind of don't. I really started a passion for multis early and they're, you know, one of the ones that I filled up pretty quick on the grid. Um, but what I've found from, from logs I've received is that people just began to get a renewed interest because they knew they had to get out there and find more of them. And uh, some of the logs we got were quite uh, quite funny, especially some of the logs on our multis uh, that were coming in of, oh, you know, here's another one ticked off the list. That's another day down for your, you know, such and such yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> challenge. Uh, you know, expletive, expletive. People sort of start begrudging it early, but then they actually start to really enjoy it. So, you know, that's, that's part of the rewarding part of challenges and that's why people get out there and try them is that they you know sometimes you get a bit stale you know sometimes you're just going out finding things because it's close or because it's near where you are on a particular day or because you and your friend both haven't found that particular one but after a little while you sort of kind of just get stuck in a rut so the challenges get you motivated they get you out there they have give you a reason to go and do something and that's really why I started loving challenges because they give you a reason to get out there and try something different now other ones in Brisbane yeah I'll just run through some of the other ones we've got one of the ones is deceptively simple. It just sounds, it, you know, it just sounds really quite simple, but it's really deceptively hard, is that you have to have found caches on 1,000 unique days. And when you start adding that up, that's a lot of days to be out there yeah. caching. So uh, I think I worked it out that even if you went every second day, which most people probably can't achieve, or some people can, mm-hmm. um, even if you went and found one every second day, that's about five years. So mm-hmm. it's it's a it's quite a lot of commitment, leaves a lot of perseverance and dedication and easier just to keep getting out there and it's one of the ones that you can't rush mm-hmm. so that that particular one you can't squeeze more into a day you can only find one per day and so uh you have to uh you have to really get out there another one is that um you have to have found a set amount of fines in a local government area so yeah. local council area for us it's the morton bay region and ours is i think 700 in the morton bay region so mm-hmm. that means that you've got to be out out in this particular region so it kind of sounds like no matter what your preferred type of geocache is, there's probably yeah. going to be a challenge that matches that somehow. <laughs> there probably is. And and you know what? If there isn't, then you should put it out there. And I think <laughs> everyone's got their own little niche that they like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and many people have more than one. But if there's one that you like and you know that maybe you're more proficient than other people, you should probably put out a challenge and see how other, how everyone else stacks up. Um, and that's the great thing that there's, there's so many different things that we can get out there and do. Yeah, there's lots of different ideas but there's plenty that haven't been explored let's just say that we've stumbled across this challenge case we're pretty sure we qualify
qualify. Mm -hmm. What's the method around going and finding and logging that? Yeah, there's three simple steps really. And, and the first one is what you do all the time anyway. Find the thing, put your name in the log. I mean, we, that's, 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 that's simple. The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the basic concept. And under the new challenge guidelines, they make that even easier because all challenge cases after 2016 need to be at the posted coordinates or the actual posted coordinates given to you. Um, so they're easy to go and find because you know where they are. Um, before 2016, maybe not so easy. Some COs put in puzzles and different ciphers and different things to, to sort of uh, make it harder for you to get there. But uh, since then, it's really easy. It'll say where it is, go find the thing, put your name in the log. Uh, the second thing is that you have to qualify for it. So you have to, you know, there's some stipulated criteria that the CO has set down that forms the basis of the challenge. And you have to qualify for those by having found the amount of caches that are required. So if you're not sure, in the old days, you'd have to sit down and go through all your lists, get out your GSAC or, oh, yeah, or manually <laughs> go through lists. And oh, I remember pulling teeth over these weird ones that no GSAC could write a, well maybe they could but I never knew about it uh, that couldn't write something for and then you'd have to actually try and compile them all it was kind of fun but it was kind of time consuming as well well, uh, since 2016, it's a stipulation that Project GC has to have a checker on the page. Mm -hmm. They're really easy to make. You just email the guys, they'll make one for you. You put the link on the page. Um, and so it has to have a, a checker there. And all you do is put your name in the checker and it gives you a, re you know, a red cross or a green tick. Uh, if you've got the green tick and it says that you qualify, and you found the cache, you're good to log. So that's it. Find the cache, qualify, and then do your online log. That's all you have to do. Now, those first two steps, you know, some people are particular about how they do it. They won't find it until they've qualified. But the guidelines are really clear. You can do those in any order. So you can sign every challenge there is known to man and then not, not log them until you qualify. So that's your prerogative. Great on overseas holidays because you yeah. go sign the log and then you come home and then you work work towards finding it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've um, I found a few challenge cases that have write notes mm. on them for when people find yes. them and not qualify. And that's a great way of reminding yourself later, maybe, that you did actually sign it because, you know, you could easily forget. Um, and I wasn't going to dig into it too deep, but Project GC is, a, they have a membership subscription. Mm -hmm. So if you are a member and you have subscribed and look, it's not too much money. I think it's 22 euros a year, which is about 30, $35 or so. If you are a member, when you write that note in there, it's got a challenges tab on your stats yeah. and it's got a little reminder there that these are ones that you've signed a note for but haven't yet logged. And it's clearly puts them all there and it updates every day whether you've qualified or not with a little tick or across so if you are right into them that's a good way of I suppose jolting your memory later on when you're not sure how many you've signed and whether you qualify yeah. um so yeah writing a note's a good idea um when it comes to logging them some people like to put their qualifying list all there on the page yeah. uh and they can go for miles and miles and miles <laughs> depending on the challenge so yeah. some of them spread over three different entries because they've reached a character limit on every single one um but you don't need to do that so much anymore especially if it's um, got a checker because the checker can easily tell you tell the CO whether you qualify yeah. and so a lot of the time people don't even bother because I can go in put your name in and I can just double check that you qualify um, so you don't have to but some people do like to and it is kind of fun as well especially something that's been coming for a while and you've been working really hard towards um, it's kind of like a little journey a little reflective journal of, of your time and I've even had it's really rewarding on some of mine people have put next to each entry of the case they found you know something they liked about it and, and uh, just a little trip down memory lane of how much fun that was the friends that were there the things that went wrong that you can laugh about later 
uh, all those sorts of things. And it's a little, you know, it's a little journey that you can sort of go back down. So yeah, you don't have to, but some people do. You touched on briefly that the good thing about challenge cases is if you get a little bit stale, you can refresh your enthusiasm a little bit. Is that how you got into challenge cases? Yeah, believe it or not, I mean, I started pretty early. I, I think I I think I dipped my toe in the pool of every, uh, yeah, I dipped my toe in all the pools there were early on. Instead of sort of focusing on one particular thing, I tried everything and uh, all different challenge cache types. And early on, I noticed these challenges were sitting out there and there's actually, Fang Soki is, uh, lives not too far away from me, so his are scattered not too far from home. And I think when I exhausted a few of the ones close to home, these little blue question marks were there sort of um, teasing me. So. I I started to look at them and wonder whether you know whether I could achieve them and and just started going out and finding the ones that were there so um, I just it's just sort of you add it to your add it to your daily list of things that you you know you like to do and and you plan a trip around them so it was only eight months I believe after I started that I found his um, 15 years on love challenge uh, and that was just by combining those particular cases required with other things I was doing and it, it, I did like it because it got me out there to you know hike up mountains because you know those ones don't get seen very often so they're often unloved um go out in the boat or the kayak and find those ones because often those are sitting there for a while and i found that it was really good too because i managed to drag a few people along with me who also wanted the unloved ones uh and meet some new friends get out there and try these things because you know a lot of people had that common interest so um that sort of sparked something that was the first one that really sparked it for me and i just started looking towards other ones and just sort of went from there you know and after that it just started shaping personal goals and it started giving me focus to go out and find things that you know when you sort of don't know what you really want to be doing um things to go out and find the good thing about challenges too is that they're everywhere so we've found that oh, we found them in five different states you know in Australia now and three different countries but everywhere you go there's challenges new challenges to be found and often different ideas and I mean <laughs> no challenge CEO would uh, deny that it's often great to find new ideas and then bring them back home but often with a little email to say hey look I really like to challenge if I um, acknowledge you on the page would you mind if I adopt that one so I've had a number of people say to me oh look I've um, you know do that and I've done it to other people as well so that's how I think the the, the seed spreads and different challenges get out there. So it's really great to visit different places and see what they've got. There's challenges everywhere. But I do kind of think that Southeast Queensland, we're pretty spoiled. There are a lot of a lot of challenges out here, a lot of really good ones. Um, uh, yeah, for the population, I think we've got, you know, a pre pretty sport for choice. Yeah, well, that's what gets me, me out there. We're up to, uh, looked it up, 207 challenges now, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, which, you know, which was fun. And it's it's just getting out. And, and after a little while, and after you've been doing it a little while, the more you do, the more you realise you qualify in other places. Because often there's that overlap of you've qualified for the one at home. So then now you qualify also for ones elsewhere. And there's a little less work to be done. Yeah. Um, but um yeah, it's good to get out there and just try and find all these challenges. So 207 challenge cases, yeah, I think you I'm said. pretty sure that's about it. Have you got any left? Like, is there <laughs> one that you're working towards at the moment? You know what? And this is the great thing. I'll tell you a little story. So I went down to South Australia and, 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 and met a lovely couple of cases, or one in particular under the, the name Brad and Janet. Now, I mean, these guys have been out there and been all over the world, all over Australia, have done some amazing things. And uh, they have a challenge series, and there's two of those that I don't think I'm ever going to find, ever get to qualify for. One is all eight states and territories in Australia, and I mean, I've got five out of eight. I'm two off. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. two off. Yep. So that just needs a, a bit of focus, and we might get there. 
Um, but the other one is um, is the you have to have found a case to case distance. So, i.e., you know, if you find one here and then one one kilometer down the road, that's one kilometer. Um, the equivalent case to case distance to the moon, flying to the moon. That's mm -hmm. 385,000 kilometers. And I think that's roughly 10 times around the world, something like that. Now, I mean, we're a long way off that. And it's going to take a lot of long haul flights to hear they're anywhere all around the world to really catch up to that one. So, I don't think we're ever going to qualify for that one, or not for a while yet, anyway. So that's something that's sort of on the back burner. There's a couple we also signed in Hawaii that we're working towards. They're a bit closer, actually. One's 30 CETOs. Yeah. I mean, we're up to 22, I think it is. So not too many to go, but still, you know, there's only a few a year. So that mm -hmm. might take a little while. Um, and another one is 100 virtuals. The, uh, I held a little event over there and uh, one of the lovely CEOs put a challenge out thinking that maybe I would have qualified um, but we're well short. I mean, we don't have that many virtuals. I know all these new virtual rewards came out, but just to think we only had four in Southeast Queensland up until yeah. recently. And this one is to qualify for 100. So still about 40 short there, but you know, we'll get there. But I mean, that's the thing. They're bubbling along in the background. They're things we're you know, working towards. Um, and they give you um, sort of a, a bit of purpose and a bit of reason, you know, and that's the beauty of, I think, the challenges. Whenever I travel, um, I put them on a list, you know. Everyone's yeah. got their little list of the things that the must-dos, you know. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people search via favourites and get you know, all the top favourite acacias because you know they're going to be good. Um, a lot of people get the rarer types mm -hmm. and the oldies, but for me it's challenges. So I just knock them on there and even if I haven't qualified, yep, sign the log and add it to the list. So yeah, they're one of the ones that we always sort of um, add to the list when we're traveling. So Kieran, out of those 207 challenges that you found, is there one in particular that you had the most fun qualifying for? Yeah, when I think of, think back on it, I mean, they've all had their own, I suppose, interesting facets. But yeah, definitely one of the earlier ones really, really was enjoyable for me, mainly just because of the way we had to approach it. Um, it's another Fang Soki one, so he'll get a buzz out of that. Um, it was actually the second challenge I found. And this particular one is called the Unique Difficulty Terrain Challenge. And it needs you to have found 25 different DT combinations in one day and it took a bit of planning and I've teamed up with Slow Puncture and, and we teamed up pretty early to do this one and uh, and and you know we sat down made a list I remember we had everything mapped out we found a place that both of us hadn't found too many caches we mapped out I think about nearly 30 different DT combinations just to give us a little, little bit of extra leeway and we printed them all out and uh, I remember uh, Luke was driving um, as you know as Luke loves to drive and, and his and I was navigating and sort of overseeing, I suppose. And Kerry was in the back with the paperwork and she had these reams and reams of paper and a fluoro highlighter <laughs> and she was making sure that we made the 25, right? Yeah. And so, um, we, you know, we had a, just had a great time buzzing around the bayside, going to different places, um, with all with our own little responsibility and, a, you know, a sense of, I suppose, seriousness about it, achieving a goal, as well as, you know, having heaps of fun at the same time. And it was just a, a great thing to achieve something in one day rather than sort of chipping away at over, at, over you know, some sort of time. You, you knew you had a finite amount of time. And I remember we did it pretty much with ease. I think it took us about six hours or something, which is, you know, I mean, in hindsight, we could have just spread it out and taken longer. But we we, you know, we approached it with a sense of diligence and, uh, and really enjoyed it. So um, achieving that was, was heaps of fun. Yeah, it was a good memory. 
I always like to finish off these chats by asking what advice you have for geocachers who are just starting out. Yeah, I've got, I've got some, I suppose, some general advice that I always sort of tell people that first is just get out there and find as many as you can, you know, just go out there without too many expectations and just find as many caches as you can in your time. And what you'll find is that if you try and just go looking across a multitude of types, different places, um, different types and DT combinations, different uh, container types, you'll start to you start to work out what suits you and what doesn't. And sometimes you can, you can push yourself outside your comfort zone and, and do some things that you otherwise wouldn't do and then realize you actually do like that. So just get out there and find them, I think is the first thing. And the second thing is just to try and connect with other caches in your area. This is a very social activity. People love to talk about it. There's always plenty of events going on. And you'll find if you connect with a few other people, you'll find like-minded people uh, and they can they can help you with lots of tips, lots of advice, uh, puzzle solving, have a laugh, um, find a few caches. And you'll probably find you make some friends out of it too, which it generally happens because, you know, most friends and family kind of don't get it. If you say, you know, what are you, what's geocaching on? That sounds boring or that doesn't, I don't get it. What is it? You sign a piece of paper yeah. in, a, in a plastic tub. But once, once you get out there and realize there's freaks just like you all over the place yeah. um yeah you connect and you find it heaps more fun and you realize that it's it's not just you there's lots of other people doing the same thing and and it's same in uh, overseas i mean you, you can go anywhere and hold an event they'll come you know they'll come from everywhere to attend your event and you'll realize really quickly that even if they're from different backgrounds different languages different ethnicities everyone's got this common language and you connect really quickly and you you just wouldn't do that to a stranger in a strange city anywhere. Um, and they'll be offering you places to stay and, you know, borrow my car and borrow my this and come and see this and go and do that. And really quickly and you don't realise how, you know, um, how connected you are. So, um, yeah, just get out there and find other people who like doing it and you'll, you'll soon realise it's better with friends. So that's my advice, yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Well, thanks for having a chat. I hope it wasn't too challenging for you. <laughs> no, thanks for having me. No, it was really good. It's really good to talk about all this stuff and it's great to get people interested in challenges because it just adds a new element, you know, opens up a new dynamic in your case and I hope people enjoy it. Yeah. Well, I'm going to head off home to publish a CETO listing for you. Maybe we'll get <laughs> yeah. some more people yeah. interested. <laughs> Maybe eight. Eight would be good. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Thanks, Karen. Thanks, Cheers.